Hey y'all, you are listening to the first episode of the first bonus season of On Their Way. So, as you might have noticed last season, the first season of On The Way was dedicated to the sheer excellence that exists at Howard University, which is my school. And frankly, 10 episodes is not enough time to cover all of the, the swag that exists at Howard. So I added on five more episodes for this bonus season to highlight some other really dope students who are on their way to success at Howard. Uh, it's going to be five episodes, like I said, so prepare yourselves. These next five weeks are going to be great. Yeah, I have nothing more to say. Buckle up, get ready, and remember, this is a WGC production. Amani Zaire is a 20-year-old writer from South Carolina. They are currently studying at Howe University, pursuing a degree in English. They've been writing since they were seven years old, progressing from silly short stories to Wattpad fan fiction to currently writing original content on their website, brownsugarbabe.com. Brown Sugar Babe has been established since 2018, home to poetry, short stories, and merchandise to purchase. They've been recognized as Best Fiction in Sterling Notes, a publication created by the Sterling Allen Brown Society at Howard University. Sterling Notes is archived in the Moreland Spring Garden Research Center in Howard's Founders Library. How are you doing today, Imani? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm also doing, I'm doing great. Um, so you prepared a piece for us, actually, for you to read. Could you just tell us about it, why you chose it, and then launch into your reading? Okay, so this piece is called Wounds Slash Guardian. I wrote it in May. So it was, you know, middle of quarantine, middle of lockdown, things like that. And I don't know, that the beginning of quarantine really woke up a lot of like internal feelings, feelings of just like introspection, things like that. So I wrote it and it's emotional for me. I feel like if you listen to it, if you read it, you can like kind of feel the emotions I was going through, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's kind of a breakthrough. Like it's, you know, like you're feeling down, you're feeling bad. And then it's like, oh, okay. So here's the light at the end of the tunnel. Here is the growth that's coming in. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the inspiration behind this. Wonderful. I can't wait to hear it. So like I said, it's called Wounds Slash Garden. I lay my body down to rest in the soil. It is moist against my skin, dark like me. I rest and I think. I can feel my body loosen. I peer down my chest as I begin to unravel. My wounds open and I hiss from the pain. A heart can't beat when it's broken. Every beat feels like the swell of a flame. It chars my flesh as it burns through my body. I allow the pain to navigate itself from my head to my toes, sinking into the soil below. My chest tightens as I feel myself become consumed by water. My breath falls from my lips in ragged labor, harsh like waves in a storm. I allow the water to seep through my pores. I sweat and I cry until the soil around me thickens into mud. I burn and I sweat and I cry in a never ending loop. Is this how I die? It can't be. Just before I close my eyes, I catch a flower blooming inside my wound. I feel the roots make their home beneath my skin. Where the wounds bring pain, the flowers bring relief, peace. The teary-eyed soil clings to me, feeding the flower. They begin to bloom all over, filling my lacerations with petals of every color. A heart can beat when it heals again. My breath passes my lips with ease. I grow with the flowers until I am one with them. A garden where I once lay broken. An environment of love where I once held pain. Although the roots hold me in place, it is here that I finally feel free. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That was lovely. Thank you. Um, 
All right, I'm going to get to that and we're going to dig into your writing and analyze it and all that jazz. But before we start all that, I just want to ask you the first question that I ask everybody. Where do you come from and where are your roots? In the sense of just me or like like physically or... Answer it however like, you interpret it, whether you mean physically or like intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. Okay, so I'm from South Carolina. Um, little small town where it's like, Everyone knows everyone, you know, you see a long lost family member at the grocery store, a cousin you haven't seen in a few years. And it's very tight knit. So my roots are very tight knit, like family's everything to me. Um, I'm very close with the people I love. I grew up in an environment of love and family and just you no, know, like fellowship. So I really value that they're very supportive of me and my writing. Even since I was little, I was kind of the, the side kid, the cry baby. Mm-hmm. They never made me feel like out of place or anything like that. So I really value that. I think that's really where I hold my roots. And since I'm like a military kid, I was, you know, moving all over, but that's always been my roots. I've always gone back to South Carolina. I've never, you know, acted like, oh, I'm not from there. I'm not like them. Like, that's always been my thing. Like, I've been rooted in what I know for so long. And I feel like you can, like, see that in my work as well. Like, I'm, you know, solid. Like, you know, know, I'm really into what I'm into. Could you further explain what you mean when you can when um you said you can see uh, your roots of fellowship in your work? Could you just sort of expound on that? Yeah, so um a lot of my work is kind of revolving around love and how I've seen love growing up, how I value love growing up, and that's how I view life at this point. I don't think it's like it's bigger than face value bigger than what you can see like I get that from my family my parents have been married for over 20 years they've been together for as long as I can remember long as anyone else can remember Mm -hmm. so it's like I've grown up in this environment of love and I've always seen it explicitly implicitly and in my writing you can see how I express that like explicitly and implicitly as well okay uh when I read through all of your work because I do research here, but uh, when I read through all of your work, I did very much pick up on the theme of love. I mean, from your very first story, which was Purple back in, what was that, 2018, to your most recent story, uh, Reflect, back in October, like love is a very palpable theme. And I also noticed that you like to sort of explore and play with the dynamics between love and pain and pain as it exists within certain kinds of love. So why does that interest you? And how how do you go about exploring that? Like, how have you seen yourself develop through that theme? Um, I just really use my own life experiences. Like, not anything explicit. And it's not like, you know, this great big love story. Because I feel like you can encounter love in smaller interactions. And it's, it's so much bigger than grand gestures and, you know, roses and flowers and weddings and all these big things. And, you know, there are smaller aspects to love. Sometimes love hurts. Sometimes, you know, when you love someone, they hurt you or they make you feel a way that doesn't really feel good. And I feel like those are important to express and to note because so many girls my age or younger, 
they see, you know, love as this thing that's supposed to be big and beautiful and nothing's supposed to ever go wrong. And, you know, in a perfect world, nothing would go wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not always like that. So I wanted to express the parts of love that aren't always like that. But I don't want to paint it in like a negative light because, you know, love isn't negative, but it's not easy. Okay. So I want to you know, make that a point in my work as well. All right. I see that. You also write poetry as well as short stories. It's home to both. Is there a process that's different between your writing for poetry and your writing for um, a short story? Not really. Not that I would like necessarily go out of my way to note, I think. I write off of feeling. So mm-hmm. however I'm feeling, whatever I'm feeling, sometimes it's easier expressed in a short story. Sometimes it's easier expressed in a poem. It really just depends on what I'm feeling and how I'm feeling at the time. But I don't think it's a like a different process for one or the other. Okay. Then that brings up an interesting point. Since you do write off of feeling, and as you've mentioned, you write off of your life experiences, what's the process like for making something that is so personal and so close to you as a person and putting it out there for the world to see without the necessary context that you might have? So I've always been a really like emotional person you know heart on my sleeve very vulnerable person but I've never been the type of person to just like tell everyone everything mm-hmm. so I feel like there's there's a balance between you know being vulnerable being open about your feelings without exposing yourself and not that that's negative but you know not everyone has to know everything but that I feel like there's a way to write about certain scenarios or situations that everyone has been through like you know getting your heart broken or having a crush and they don't like you back or just anything like that like I feel like there are general experiences you know people can have their own interpretations and feel like they can tie it to their own personal experiences but for the general experience I try to keep it as specific and also as vague as possible if that makes sense I just want it to be more open to like personal interpretation because the way I view something might not be the same way someone else views something, but the theme should be the same. Yeah. Like you want to keep it abstract so that people can bring their own experiences too. I see that. Right. So how do you know when something's done? Like, how do you know when you, when you've officially finished a work and it's ready to go out and see the world? Um, I, I read it. And then I, you know, send it to other people. Just, I need like other opinions. I'm not one person to just be like, okay, well, I think it's good. So I'm just going to put it out. Like I definitely value like the opinions of my friends and like my family. So I, you know, send it out to a couple people to make sure, you know, it's fluid, it makes sense. And it's not just like me being just straight emotional on Mm -hmm. this paper. So (laughs) I have to make sure, you know, it makes sense to not only me, but to other people. And then once I get enough opinions that I feel like, okay, this is going to make sense if I put it out on like my website or on social media, then I'll do it. Okay. So these people that you send it out to, is it mainly your family or like friends? Have you built like a writing collective to help send things out to? Um, not anything official, but I know like I have specific people I can send it to first. Like I'll send it to my dad and um, my two best friends and maybe my sister. And then once I get good opinions from them, then it's like, okay, like I know I can value their opinion and then Mm -hmm. other people will just read it when they read it. So, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. I'm going to keep going on this community as it affects your writing because I just, I think it's interesting. Um, so in your biography, you mentioned that you wrote on Wattpad at one point in time, Solidarity. I was a fanfiction.net girl, but we won't get into that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but so a, a big part of Wattpad was the community engagement, like the people engaging with your work and your commenting and everything like that. So how do you think coming from a background where community was such a big part of putting out your stories, how do you think that's influenced your writing now? I think it's definitely influenced my writing. Um, even like when I was writing on Wattpad, I, you know, had internet friends. We would like share ideas and different chapters back and forth and things like that. And there are people that I'm still friends with to this day. And I was doing that when I was like 13, 14. So I definitely think it influences my writing. I'm not really afraid to put myself out there anymore since I've been doing it for so long. Like even when I was little and I was writing stories, my family and stuff would come over and I would just read them out loud to them. And they were all like sit around and be like intrigued and interested and things like that. So I've definitely grown up in a community that supports my work. And that is the reason why I started brown sugar baby to this day you know people were like well where can we read your work like we want to read this this and that so I was like okay now I need a website Hmm. so um that definitely influenced me even putting myself out there on this scale yeah it's definitely a big part of who I am as a writer as a person okay and I I, I do want to mention the fact that and this continues with the community bent as well but you recently created a patreon for uh brown sugar babe And I wanted to ask, so since there is now the introduction of financial compensation for your writing, has that at all affected how you approach writing uh, since there is now like a material gain to possibly be had? Um, I don't think so. I've always written for pleasure. I've always done it because that's what I love to do. So I think it's cool that I, you know, can get paid to do what I love, but I don't think it it influences me one way or the other, just because I love to do it anyway. This is something I'm passionate about. This is something I love to do, to put out. Yeah, I don't think it like makes me want to write more or want to write less or anything like that. You know, I feel like it maybe even like streamlined what I want to do because it's like, okay, if I can get paid to do what I love, then I can do this as a career. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I feel like it opened my eyes to more opportunities and more things I can do with my writing instead of just, you know, posting it on a website. And you have three Patreon tiers. For your top two tiers, your $5 tier and your $7 tier, people have access to concert videos and playlists. Are you interested in doing more of this sort of multimedia creation centered around your writing? Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I really like doing like little things like that because so much influences my work. It's not just, you know, books or things like that. Like I can pull inspiration from movies or songs or things like that. So I really want to show people where it comes from, like kind of look inside my head. For example, Purple was inspired by a line from Moonlight. Mm. Um, There was another, I can't think of the name of it. Oh, it was inspired by Moonlight and Love Jones. That's the movie. Okay. Um, You know, little things like that inspired me to write things and it's like people always ask like you know like where did you get your inspiration from what is this inspired by where'd you get this from so it's like I want to be able to show people like I got something from this or I got something from that and you know like there are different 
side to being a writer. It's not just, you know, putting words on paper. I'm actively watching movies or listening to music or even looking at art and things like that. So I definitely want to bring that element into my work just to make it, you know, more well-rounded. Okay, then that brings up uh, a question. What are you watching, consuming, slash listening to now? Um, you know, a little bit of everything. I've really been into, like, limited series, like little TV shows. I've watched um, Killing Eve recently. Uh, I love Killing Eve. Isn't it so good? It's absolutely oh, fantastic. I really love that. Um, that really inspired me to write things as of late, just because I love the dynamic between Villanelle and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Queen's Gambit. It was really good. Hmm. I didn't think it would be that good because, you know, it's about chess. So I was like, oh, that sounds kind of boring. Yeah. It's actually really good. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um. And I've been listening to a lot of Miles Davis lately, like Miles Davis, John Coltrane. Um, I've always been a big Billie Holiday fan, Amy Winehouse. I've just been in that lane lately. I feel like it helps me with writing. I don't really like a lot of complex music when I'm writing. If it's any other setting, then, you know, of course, I'm listening to like the Megan Thee Stallions, the City Girls, things like that. But if I'm working, if I'm writing then it's more of the the Amy's, the Billy's, the Miles Davis, and things like that. And in the same vein, who would you say has been one of the biggest influences of your writing? As of late, it's been this author. Her name is Claire Can. She wrote one of my favorite books in the past. It's called um, Let's Talk About Love. Hmm. And she started on Wattpad, and then she you know, got her start, and then she has this book and it has, you know, a dark skinned girl on the cover. She's asexual in the book. So it was like different levels of representation I really liked. And it was it was so cute. I really liked that book. And I got it from this, this bookstore called um Mahogany in DC. It's black owned. They have, you know, black books for little kids, um, young adult books, even like, you know, higher levels of reading, things like that. So I feel like that definitely has been my biggest inspiration. Like the first time I went to Mahogany, I walked in there and I just started crying. Cause it was like, there was so much like representation. There were black authors. There were like little coloring books for black girls where they had curly hair and things like that. So I really feel like that has just been my inspiration. Like I want to be able to write something and put it out and then have little black girls like me look at this and like, wow, like she wrote this and she looks like me and the characters look like me, act like me, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's really my biggest inspiration. I won't, I don't have anything specific because like I said, I pull from everywhere, but that's really just my biggest inspiration. Like I have younger cousins that look up to me and just, I just want to do that for younger black girls. I don't have any older inspiration. My inspiration comes from younger girls, I feel like. Okay. So that's your main audience too? Like when you write, it's like younger Black girls? I wouldn't say I have a specific audience I write to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you can relate to it, you can relate to it. I remember my pastor was sending me screenshots of text messages from like him and his friends and things like that. They were saying how they related to my work and like oh. they read it and they felt 
so strongly about this and that and that really made me feel good because it's like it's such a diverse audience I grew up writing for you know girls my age like fan fiction until it's like 13 15 year old girls mm-hmm. and then you grow up and you're you know writing about relationships and falling in love and first heartbreak and you know growth and things like that so it's like different people are going to find a relation in different things so I don't necessarily think I write like one person or one group of people because I you know I like I said I write on feelings so if you feel how I feel or you can like relate understand then I write for you so you talked about you just talked about the development of your audience and how that's changed since you've been writing but how have you developed and changed since you've been writing I know you started uh started at seven but like how would you say that your your writing and your process and approach to writing has changed over the course of your uh, what you would define as your writing career? Um, I definitely feel like it changed a lot. Like when I was little, I was writing about cats and dogs going to space. So, <laughs> like that's how that's how it started. Um, and, you know, as you get older, as you experience different things, you're going to write about different things. Like, you know, it's one thing to write about love and relationships and things like that when you're like, 13 years old but then to go through it and you know see the different dynamics of it that as my outlook on life changed I feel like my writing changed with it mm-hmm. and I feel like it definitely changed for the better the things I write about now are things like I wouldn't even begin to understand if it was like five seven years ago That's so I definitely yeah. Feel like, yeah I definitely feel like my writing grows with me I can look like back at my older writing and it's like, you did not know what you were talking about, girl. But, you know, it worked for the time. So as I get older, as I grow, as I, you know, heal from things, my writing reflects that. And you can see that in my work, even through Brown Sugar Babe, like from the bottom to the top, you can like kind of see how I've grown and how my writing has grown as a result. That's true. You can. Uh, You very much can. So how often do you write? I'm honestly writing every day. It'll be a little idea here and there, like my notes app on my phone. I'm constantly putting in little ideas. I have this thing where it's like, if I get an idea, I'll like write a chapter for it. Or I'll write a short story for it. And then I'll be like, mm, I don't really like it anymore. So I'll kind of just scrap it. Mm-hmm. But there are like multiple things I've written about. If It's just like, a song or a show or a movie I'm just constantly writing about it like um, one of the things that my friend and I do she's also a writer like we will listen to a song and be like okay where does this take you and it's like okay we're on a beach and we're doing this and we're doing that so it's like even if I'm not writing like physically my head it's it's always turning I'm always it's always something you know yeah, I, I understand that. It's the same, same for me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just because uh, I go to Howard and Howard people are like that, I just want to ask, how is Howard <laughs> specifically, how is Howard specifically in your time in Howard's English department, how has that impacted your writing? Um, honestly, since I'm a junior, I haven't really gotten into like the creative writing classes yet, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, so a lot of it is just like foundational classes, um, like things like that. But I feel like I pull inspiration just from like our experiences. 
like the piece nostalgia mm-hmm. oh i like that one yeah thank you um i wrote it in founders and i wrote it on the spot to impress this girl i had a crush on. <laughs> so it's just like little things like that i wouldn't say like the english department has like given me like full inspiration to do this or that but just howard's just like experience you know the little bubble they always talk about i feel like howard's such a beautiful place and i've definitely used that to grow within my writing and my experiences there and with people and things like that so yeah okay uh, I do want to talk specifically about one story that I read, and it was called Gray. You released it on November 4th, 2019. And you mentioned mm-hmm. that Gray was a part of a larger, a larger full-length work you're working on. So could you sort of could you tell us about uh, the larger work you're working on? So Gray has been in the works since I was like 16, 17. Like I wrote it as a full story on Wattpad, but then as I got older, I was like, I don't, I don't really like how it ended. Mm-hmm. So, but I love the concept and like how the story progressed anyway. So I was like, all right, well, I'll take it down. I'll see if people actually like it and would want to read a full version of it. So I posted the first chapter on the website and was like, okay, well, we'll see how the response is, see what feedback is like. And then I could go through with it and tweak it how I want to. But I definitely, if I were to well, win or manifesting, when I put out my first book, it will most likely be gray. Just because I've been working on that one for so long. It's been in the process for years and years now. So yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely excited about that one. And the feedback was really positive too. So that's mm-hmm. good. Oh, I, I realized that I didn't actually tell the people what Grey's about. So could you, could you paraphrase what it's about? Oh, sure. Um, so Grey is centered around um, this art collector. Her name is Medusa. Um, it's like a modern take on Greek mythology. I love Greek mythology growing up, all the Percy Jackson. We were all Percy Jackson kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... It's kind of inspired by that. So her name is Medusa. She's an art collector. And um, she has to basically work with this artist because he's introducing a new piece in their gallery. Um, But he's blind. And of course, Medusa being Medusa, she can't really, you know, look at people in the eye. So it's an interesting relationship to see how she has to work on like not seeing and he he can't see. And so it's an interesting dynamic between like modern day mythology and art and just things of that nature all in one book made by you know a young black girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, would you be interested in, in uh, moder- modernizing more mythology in the future? I would. Um, I thought about it before, like after I finished Grey the first time, I wanted to make it like a like a series, but not so much like they're like one, two, three, one after the other, but they're kind of like related in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a series to connect it to, but it's not like part one, part two, part three, but they're like different stories in the same, kind of like a Marvel kind of thing. They're all in the same cinematic universe, mm-hmm. kind, of to, kind of to that effect, but with different parts of Greek mythology. I've always wanted to do that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, 
so what uh this is just for me because i want to know now but what other what other myths would you be interested in adapting if i could pick any i would do maybe apollo um i really like the story of persephone i don't know if you read lore olympus um it's this short graphic novel on this app called webtoon and it's it's kind of like a modern version of the story of Persephone and Hades. I think I know what you're talking about, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I would probably do Zeus too, because, you know, Zeus was kind of, he was a little promiscuous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be on the shade room. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't have anything set in stone just yet, but I definitely want to like play around with the idea and find a way to subtly connect them. I don't want them to be like a like a trilogy or like, because you know, sometimes things just have to end where they end. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to drag something out that doesn't need to be dragged out. Okay. So I want a way to incorporate different stories without like making it stale, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. So my question then would be, wow, my question was in my head and it just left. That's wild about me. Um, so my question then would be, when you're writing these, do you have any interest in writing a series? I know you say you don't want to stretch it out, but like, do you have any interest, interest in like building a chronological larger story? Um, right now, no. Okay. Just because my, I don't know, my brain moves so fast. So it's always different ideas, different things. Like I don't, I wouldn't want to like, try to continue something I would want to write like different independent pieces but then I guess depending on reception if and if it's able to be continued then I would think about it then but as of right now I don't think I have any um like specific interest in making like a series okay the question came back to me so <laughs> you the a lot of the sh- short stories you do on Brown Sugar Babe like Wounds Gardens or something like Purple or something like Reflect or Impression like some of those are like feel more Toni Morrison in the sense that they are they are adult fiction books but then something like Grey kind of feels more like a a YA book so like do you have a genre that you that you're interested in writing for um I would say more if there's like a like an in-between for like YA and like adult because I don't necessarily want to write adult fiction and not that I don't like it or anything like that but I've never really took an interest to it I've always you know had a soft spot for the YA books and the cute little tropes and things like that mm-hmm. um so I feel like I would want to stay in that lane if possible but I I don't want to be like restricted by like and not to say that my work would be like explicit or anything like that but I don't want to be you know restricted to like younger teenagers but I don't want it to be I want it to be accessible to a good group of people so I would say 17 to early 20s just because that's what I'm into that's what I read that's what I like to read so I would stay in that area um as I get older that might change but that's that's really what I like right now is is what I've liked for a long time like even now I'm still reading YA books or you know I just go to Target and like look through all of their newer books and see what you know see what the kids are reading (laughs) Um, so yeah I think I want to stay in that bracket for now okay then okay so 
a question a question of mine that would come up would be then since you would be writing to the variety of audiences what exactly would you want these audiences to take away from your work hmm. that's a really good question um I don't know I guess it would depend on the piece itself or the body of work itself um but I, I want to invoke feeling like whatever I write I want to I want to make people feel what I'm feeling at the time. I want them to feel what the characters are feeling or like, you know, what the setting has provided, things like that. So I definitely want, I I want that to be the takeaway. Like this book or this story made me feel something so strongly, you know, people responding to pieces like, oh, this made me cry or this made me feel like this or, I read this when I was feeling down and it really made me feel better. So I want my work to make you feel good, you know? Like, even if it's, like, sad or anger-provoking, things like that, I want it to be, like, wow, this made me feel like this or that, but it was really good, you know? Mm -hmm. I really want to... Because I feel like a lot of work, like, it's good, it's written well, but it doesn't have feeling. And that's really something I've pride myself on that's what I like go out of my way to provide in my work so I want it to be emotional and not a negative emotion but just you know get in the nitty-gritty it makes you feel it like something you're going to remember for a while okay well then that then I'm going to go to a question of craft so how do you craft this emotional journey um to the point where it doesn't emotionally exhaust your reader because you know like there's some books that like you read this and you're like oh my gosh, every couple of pages. And by the end of the book, you're physically tired. Like uh, like The Boy Called It, that's a book that makes you feel exhausted. Or like Ellie Weasel's Night, a book that literally drains you. So like, how do you, how do you cultivate this, an emotional journey for your audience that gives them the right amount of respite and the right amount of stimulation, emotional stimulation? Uh, it really depends. Like I know some pieces are going to be know more emotion heavy than others especially like it depends on like what I'm going through like um for example um exhale and what was another piece in story I wrote after I got my heart broken for the first time so like those are a little heavier than Mm -hmm. the other like as far as emotion goes but um I feel like there's definitely a limit I like especially like when I'm writing I know like there's a certain amount of like myself or like my emotions that I would want in the work because it's like okay I have to put this out there but I don't want it to feel like I'm venting or projecting or just like journaling instead of like writing a piece Mm -hmm. um but it really it really depends on the body of work um but I have to set limits for myself so that it doesn't come off as too emotional or too draining because there's definitely like a thin line between like, oh, I'm writing this piece and it's going to be sad versus I'm writing this piece and it's sad and people are like exhausted after uh-huh. doing this or like, you know, you know those things where it's like, okay, that was really good, but I can't read it or watch it again. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want my work to be that emotion heavy mm-hmm. um so it's definitely just like setting boundaries for myself and for my work is really really important 
Okay. Then a question that I would have from that is, since a lot of your work is emotional, and again, like you said, exhales based off of when you had your heartbroken for the first time, uh, Wounds and Gardens was like based off your per- a personal breakthrough you had. Since a lot of these are based around your life events, how do you create a consistent schedule for these works since you can't plan out major life events? So like, <laughs> just, I'm curious. Um, a lot of it really, it really depends on what I'm going through. I try not to like put myself on a schedule because it will just make me anxious. Um, so I don't, you know, I'm not like, okay, I need three pieces by the end of the month or things like that. I'm more of like write how it comes to me, which mm-hmm. is good because you know, I'm in school and things anyway. So it's not like I have time to just sit down and bust out different bodies of work that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely take it how it comes. Now I'm patient with myself in my writing. And I know if I like just try to sit down and write something out and I'm not really into it, then it's, it's going to show in my work that I'm not all the way there. So it's just a matter of patience and grace with myself and, you know, just working around how I'm feeling and making sure that the work I put out isn't forced or isn't um, like shallow, superficial, things like that. How did you build this patience and grace as a writer? Because as a per- as a person who is a writer and as a person with a lot of writer friends, I can assure you that is a quality that is not in a uh, large supply for a lot of us. So how did you go about building that? Therapy. Okay. I won't lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely been a personal journey that's just like been reflected in my work because I know that you know if I'm getting anxious with myself or like oh I have to I have to write this I have to do that like I said it's not really going to come out great so it's definitely just a matter of being patient with myself that took a lot of time and a lot of therapy (laughs) but it's not something that I am you know like ashamed of or I you know wouldn't want to talk about because it has been difficult um I won't lie like you can kind of see like there are gaps in between when I post certain things Mm -hmm. and that's just like okay like you you just can't write it right now and that's not a problem it's not a bad thing like you just have to be patient with yourself so it took a lot of mental training I feel like for sure just to like okay this is the time limit of when you're going to do this and like I try not to give myself too strict of a time limit um it's something like even my parents will get on me about it because I'll be like, okay, well, I have this done by the end of the year and then I'll do this and do that. And they're like, okay, but you have to be realistic. And it's like, okay, you're right. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, you can't really control this life thing. So you really have to take it as it comes. Some days you'll get out a full book. Some days you'll get out two sentences. And it's like, you can't beat yourself up about it. It's, you have to train yourself like you would a physical sport like football, basketball, like the same way they train and, you know, have to work their body to meet these needs. I feel like, you know, you have to work your mind to do the same thing. And that's what I've been doing. And like you said, you can't control life. And I think we can all, as a global community, say that something pretty huge has happened that we had no control over. Uh, so how have you been adjusting to the pandemic as a writer? Like, what, what has this been like for you? I think it's really been interesting to see how I've 
grown as a writer um, as a result of the pandemic, um, especially like when lockdown first happened because that was March and then my birthday was in April. So I was like, okay, well, you're locked down on your birthday. What are you going to do? So it was definitely eye-opening just like to have to pause, to sit with yourself and your mind and your work. And um, I feel like it made my work better. Um, I've been able to, you know, put new eyes on things. Just like, you know, because before the pandemic, everything was just moving so fast and we're doing this and doing that, putting out this, putting out that. Um, So after, you know, they were like, okay, well, you're quarantined, you're locked down, you got to sit down. So it's (laughs) like, okay, this is a time to really (laughs) reflect on my work, what I want to do, how do I see myself as a writer and it's really been eye-opening I don't I don't have any you know it's as good as a quarantine in a pandemic would be but um Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to say about it I really enjoyed my progress as a writer as a result of the pandemic um I've been reading more you know consuming different types of media and um yeah it's been I've been able to reflect that in my work like with Wounds and Garden, I like really hit a breakthrough personally, and I was able to put that in my writing, and I really enjoyed that. So yeah, this pandemic has been pretty good for me, I believe. All right. Well, I'm. I'm what about you? Uh, how about me? Yeah. Oh no, one ever asked me questions. <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been going really well for me too. Like I have, like you, I've been having, I've been had. Wow, word. I, uh, I've also been taking time to sort of reflect on my work during the pandemic. When the pandemic first happened, I was over in LA for uh, a school program. So like flying mm-hmm. back within a day, like it essentially, it gave me a lot of time to like, just sort of sit and think about the, um, the sheer unknowability of life and then how that, aff- and then how that affects me. And it's done wonders for my anxiety in the sense that like a pretty awful thing has happened. And <laughs> even though it's been awful, I'm still here. So like, I mean, that's, it's a pretty nice confidence booster. So right. yeah, like writing wise, I've been able to do a lot more writing and writing more plays, writing more scripts, producing more things. And yeah, it's writing wise, it's been going pretty well. Yeah. That's good. It's very good to hear. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Well, now we're gonna, that was a, yeah, no, it's, it's about time. We're wrap, it's time to wrap up. Uh, Amani, you've been very wonderful. Uh, I've read your work. I'm very excited about it. It's very interesting. I can't wait to read Grey when it comes out as a full-length piece. You're very clearly on your way to success. So I just want to know, how will you know when you've made it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I never really thought about it like that. Um, I'll know when I made it. When people can like hold my book in their hands, I feel like that's when I'll know I made it. Like, my grandparents, great grandparents, like everyone back home, they're all like, we can't wait. We're going to get your book and we're going to do this and do that. Like one of my grandmothers, you know, being in the South and um, being older, she, you know, can't read as well. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I want to take your book and I'm going to take around all these white people. And I'll be like, yeah, this is my granddaughter's book. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when they can hold my book and tell me they're proud of me, that's how I know I made it. Like, I don't care how many books I sell. I just know that I'm doing what I love and that my family can hold, like, tangibly hold my success in their hands and be like, she did it. 
and that's how I know I made it. Hmm. Well, thank you. Can you tell the people where to find you? Yes. So um, I'm on Instagram. My at name is Brown Sugar Babe with two N's. You can find me on brownsugarbabe.com that also has two N's. I'm on Redbubble, Patreon, Teespring, all under Brown Sugar Babe with two N's. <laughs> and you have just finished listening to the first episode in the bonus season of On The Way. On The Way was created, hosted, and edited by me, Jade Madison Scott. The theme music was composed by Baggio Alvarado, and the logo was created by Amaka Corey. There are a couple of ways you can support us. First up, buy some of our merch. You can go to our website, wgcproductions.com, click the store tab, and boom, you're there. I'm a fan of the pins and sweatshirts, but to each their own. You can also follow us at With Good Co on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. If you would like to access the show notes, please go to our website, wgcproductions.com, and you'll find them in a GIF. Alrighty, gentle companions, I'll catch you next week, and remember to take care of yourselves and wear your masks.